Well, hello, Matthew. My name is Craig Gibson. I'm president and CEO of Prismo Metals. Uh, we're here with Al Alan Frame. He's our director of business development also. Uh, Prismo Metals is a relatively new company with the focus on exploration of, of uh, projects in Mexico that were brought to the company by founders, Dr. Peter Maga and myself, and along with Elaine Lambert, uh, the capital markets expert of the company. Right. Um, Craig, thanks for joining us. Alan, thanks for joining us as well. Um, there's a Mexican uh, s silver uh, story. We know Peter Maga, Dr. Peter Maga, uh, obviously. Um, why don't we kind of kick off and get, get to understand who you guys are and what, what, what you've done. Craig, what's, what's your background story? I have a doctorate in geology. I've been uh, working in Mexico for uh, private and public companies over the last 30 years or so. I formed a, a services company in 2009 and uh, have experience all over Mexico, uh, actually a competitor with Dr. Maga in, in service work in Mexico. He's been here a little bit longer, but uh, we've uh, both worked all over Mexico, had properties in our respective companies and wanted to advance those projects. So we we uh, both, each of us put projects into Prismo Metals to to advance the company. Right, and what are the names of some of the companies or projects that you've worked on in the past that we might recognize? Well, I worked uh, most recently on the Anapala Gold Discovery in Guerrero Gold Belt in Mexico. It's a pretty good discovery down near the one of the premier gold provinces in the, in the country of Mexico. Right, Alan. Um, uh, hello, Alan. Um, can you likewise give us a bit of a background on yourself? Sure. Thanks, Matthew. I've uh, spent 47 years in the financial services industry in Canada. Started in 1975 with the brokerage firm Richardson Securities at the time. And I migrated from there to an oil and gas boutique where I was a partner. We were oil and gas specialists. In the 80s, we started doing some mining business. And I continued doing a mix of uh, resource financings for different companies until May of 2022, at which time I retired. Prior to my retirement, one of the many IPOs that I've been involved in, well over 100, uh, one of my last ones was Prismo. And that's how I met uh, Drs. Gibson, McGaw, and Raphael and Elaine Lambert, the founders. And uh, they offered me a position in business development shortly after my retirement. And I was very honored to accept it because of the uh, backgrounds and the reputations of the individuals involved. Okay, okay. Well, look, I um, like, appreciate the um, the background. So it was just on the who you're getting into bed with. Um, two projects, Palos Verdes and Los Pavitos. Um, Craig, can we just start with uh, Palos Verdes? Because you, know, you talk about um, being surrounded by Vizsla Silver, obviously hugely successful, you know, part of the Inventor uh, Capital Group. Um, what's the plan there? Is it a is it a kind of neurology play, or are you looking for them to take you out, or are, how are you advancing the project? Well, it's an interesting history there. Uh, Palos Verdes, I actually picked up as my private company in 2017, and that was actually before Visla came in there. They came into the district in sometime in 2019. We had already done our first drill program there and hit a pretty high grade mineralization. So uh, we decided uh, to put it into Prismo Metals and use the capital markets to advance the project. And uh, Visla came in, as I said, after that, uh, consolidated most of the district as a much larger land position than we do, but very similar geology. So uh, our goal is to uh, drill the project, explore it, uh, basically hope to find a 
economically important ore body there. And uh, we think it is probably a large enough, uh, potentially large enough system to to be a standalone operation, mining operation. But uh, it's, it's questionable whether we'd want to put a mill in there. So uh, we're looking at all options. Uh, we, of course, haven't. We don't have an ore body yet. We're just exploring it. So uh, right now, what we're we're just trying to confirm we have the uh, what we think we have in terms of an ore deposit, and then we'll go forward from there, whether it be with Fisla or or some other option. Right. Okay. So it's not necessarily out out of your control in, in that sense. You're not just trying to talk to a, a buyer of one. You're trying to work out whether it's big enough to kind of stand on its own. Whether or not it can support a mill as, as well, or the capex required for a mill, is another question for further down the line. So what have you got coming up in 2023 on that property? Well, we're uh, right now we're finishing up a 2,000-meter drill program. Uh, so uh, we're advancing the project. We have some uh, samples from the first full holes at the lab. Expect to have results in uh, later this month, near the end of the month, I think. And uh, the Right now, our, our access uh, for drilling is only about, let's say it's about 30% of the strike length of the vein that's exposed on our concession. So uh, with any sort of success, we plan to continue drilling uh, at least 50% of the vein that we can't access right now due to our environmental permit. And that permit we expect to have in hand near the end of the year. So we, we plan on continuing drilling into uh, 2023. Right, and you're obviously building on some historic d- um, data there as well, are you? In, in, in which case, what are you trying to, what are, what are the gaps you're trying to fill in in terms of the, that, that picture um, with the drilling you're doing? Well, as I said, we drilled uh, earlier in 2018. We we actually have 10 holes prior to the current drill program. They're all shallow holes. It was 10 holes for about a thousand meters. So short holes, very high in the vein system. And the main thing is we hit high-grade mineralization in that drilling, uh, similar to what Vistula has hit after they came in. So uh, our goal is to to uh, attempt to expand on that mineralization uh, to depth. We're drilling you know, 100 to 150 meters underneath our, our shallower intercepts. And then we'll be drilling a long strike also as we get that environmental permit. Right. And, and what does high-grade mean to you? Well, the highest-grade intercept we have is 8.4 grams per ton gold and 2,300 grams per ton silver over right around a meter in a wider mineralized zone. So it's uh, bonanza grades, they call those in the industry, and very similar to many of uh, the results that Visla has has puts out uh, every couple of weeks. it does a good job of pointing uh, interest at the district for us. Right. Okay. And so, and so, but what are you sort of seeing on on average? That's, that's obviously people like to go straight for the headline numbers. But what on what's the, what are the kind of average grades that you, you've got with the historic data? Well, they vary from from lower grades to three hundred grams per ton over over those same widths. Uh, the gold gold values vary from a half gram to twelve grams per ton uh, over these. But roughly around a meter is the width of the of the highest grade mineralization. So. Like I said, we only really have 10 drill holes with results so far. So uh, just talking about an average right now is not very significant. Right. Okay. Uh, the main thing is we have we have the strike link that's permissible for a discovery, and we have the stage of mineralization that is that you need to make a discovery at the, at this point. Right. And you're talking about 2,000 meters, and what you're you're how far along that are you at the moment? 200 meters drilled. 
Yeah, right now we're almost done with that program. We've uh, drilled, uh, we're on our seventh hole, six holes are complete. Uh, we're right around 1900 meters, I think. So uh, we'll be finished with that program shortly. I may do one more hole and then uh, we'll see what happens after that. Okay, and so the next question is about money. So where it's gonna affect some of the answer questions we're gonna ask about Los Pavitos too, but um, you, you raised a tiny amount of money back in, back in August. I mean, have, how much money have you raised in, in, in the last 12 months and how much have you got left at the moment? Well, I'll let Al handle that. He's, he's more in the uh, business development then. Uh, hey, thanks again. So the last raise we did was about $750,000 and it was rather unique in the, in the fact that that the Craig and other insiders and founders held uh, warrants at 10 cents. So we arranged, uh, and at, with their consent, obviously, to have them exercised to the best of their ability. Yeah, the trade was done at 15 cents, the nickel difference profit they, they put back into exercising more warrants. So that was a totally anti-dilutive move. So we got the $750,000 without spreading out any more shares from the company, which I thought was rather unique. And that's the money that we've been using. And it was sufficient enough because there are no salaries in this company, you see. So it's really lean, a lean and mean company. So I think that's really critical for us at this stage, being as small as we are with our particular capital structure. So we have enough money in place to complete everything we want to do this year. And over the Christmas season, we'll make a determination on not only how much money to raise for our new projects in 2023, but how to do it. There are some warrants that are in the money, although they're not deep in the money. They have another year left on them. So it's probably unlikely that those would get exercised and there's no... Uh, there's no uh, uh, call on them to force exercise. So we may look at back to existing shareholders who are primarily in the builders category. Remember, structurally, 40% of this company is owned by the insiders and founders. 40% is owned by serious private investors and, and personal individual investors that are long-term builders. So they may very well, because of the success achieved today, be interested in additional financing. And then, of course, there's a regular secondary market. And we've had many, many uh, inquiries here in the last month or so from different brokerage firms and individuals and, and small funds that are interested in a future financing. So we'll make that determination between now and the end of the year. And we'll do something to, uh, to support our programs financially in early 2023. Wow, it's a case of you had me at hello. So when you say no one's paying, taking a salary, are they being remunerated in other ways in terms of uh, equity or options or, or future future warrants? I mean, why is no one being paid? Well, because it's because it's small and because they've elected to not be paid. They rather put the money in the ground. They're shareholders and their significance in this company. They want to make money like everybody else through share price appreciation, which has to come through the drill bit. So the only thing that gets paid is obviously hard expenses. You know, if you're going and doing work, it costs you money. So no one would, ex would expect them to not uh, get paid for that. But that's the extent of it. So, so of every dollar we raise, you know, probably like 98 cents goes straight into the ground. Okay. That's, that's interesting and, 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 and quite rare. Um, okay. Appreciate that, and so I've kind of and and I've kind of I've kind of gone into that, and perhaps I'm giving Craig enough chance a chance to talk about Los Pavitos. Now, th this seems to be the one where there's, well, I don't know if there's a little bit more excitement, but there's, there's there seems to be a lot going on here and a lot of hopes for it. So, I mean, Craig, what, what's the plan with Los Pavitos? Well, Los Pavitos is a completely different type of project. It's a large district scale land position. It's a 
you know, it covers all the mineralization in the surrounding area. It's about 5,300 hectares. So it's a uh, sufficient size to have a, a major mineral deposit. And this deposit was brought through the, to Prismo through uh, Dr. Maga's company. And uh, it was brought to his company by Rafael Gallardo, who has worked with uh, Peter for a number of years. And uh, he saw this project as potentially a lookalike uh, to some of the more recent, or well, let's say over the last 20, 25 years, discoveries in Northwest Mexico. It's a developing gold province. It's, uh, let's say it's got about 20 million ounces between uh, production and resources, somewhere in that neighborhood. So we think we've extended that province to this region. So it's a very early stage uh, project. We've just done surface mapping and sampling. Uh, a LIDAR survey, which has helped us accelerate our, our surface uh, sampling program by identifying uh, small prospect pits and things in a, in a rather overgrown area, hard to, hard to uh, see small features without walking excessively. So this is highlighted where old timers have done prospecting and, and scrabbling on, the, on these veins. So we're advancing the project right now. Uh, we just finished or just signed a, a surface access agreement on the project, which is a formal agreement. Uh, we had a, prior to that, we had a verbal agreement. So we have a formal agreement, which allows us to apply for an environmental permit, which we're doing at this time. We, we think we'll have that in hand by the end of the year. And that'll allow us to do trenching and actually do, to build drill sites for drilling sometime in the in the uh, first quarter of next year. Right, okay, and so as well as sort of introducing it, um, introducing the asset, was there, again, historic data or any sort of technical documents that you you were able to assess this with? Yeah, well, the, the original work was done uh, by Rafael Gallardo's crew, and they, they went out and did reconnaissance work, uh, identified several structural trends, uh, took a number of samples, I think somewhere around 100 samples uh, over this large area, and had up to 40 grams per ton gold in narrow vein, some silver, uh, pretty interesting gold grades in locally on these uh, structural zones. So we started with that, and early this year, we did four months of mapping and sampling, uh, confirmed those grades, did more work, more uh, systematic work to identify drill targets. And we've covered about three quarters of the area of main interest so we, the rest of this year, we want to cover the last portion of the uh, of the ground that we haven't really looked at yet, and also continue to develop certain areas to, as drill targets. Okay, so there's there's, there's been a sort of, there's been a fair amount of work in, in terms of uh, already on the ground. Um, again, coming back to the money, Alan's told us about how much was raised recently, and you've got to, you're going to have to assess during the course of the rest of this year how much more money you're going to go after and how you do it. Very innovative so far, but uh, I, I guess it'll become slightly more conventional going forward. I mean, for next year, your expectation of an ideal budget would be what? And what would you be trying to do with it? Uh, basically, for uh, drilling, well, advancing Los Pavitos right now is pretty low cost. It's uh, basic mapping and sampling, some salaries and some assays. So real, compared to drilling, it's, it's really low cost. And we have funds to do that through the end of the year. Uh, I'm thinking next year, you know, we'd probably like to do a drill program that's at least 2,500 meters to 5,000 meters. Uh, to do that, 
you need a half a million to a million dollars basically for that program. So uh, we're looking at something in that range for uh, being able to work on the projects uh, in the first quarter of next year. Right. And can I, can I just ask the question around timing? Okay. Precious metal market has been, let's say in the doldrums for the last year, possibly even a year and a half, someone would argue um, since September, 2021. It's, it's tough out there. There's a lot of Mexican silver stories. You've got a kind of big gold component to this as well. Do you, why go now? Why not wait until the, the the new year? So see how people come out of this tax loss season. You know, enter the year twenty twenty three with a bit more hope or, or not. We'll see what's happening with the economy. What, what what's the what's, what's the driver for this happening now? Well, I think uh, one thing that's very important for us right now is the interest being shown to Visla Silver and. Uh, that's created a lot of interest for our Palos Verdes project. And uh, we're obviously taking advantage of that interest. Uh, uh, people are, are looking at what they have. They've seen some of what we have and what we're doing. We're, we're pretty good at uh, providing information to the market, putting out uh, photos of the core and things. We obviously don't have the assays yet, but uh, you know the, the people can look at, at what we're doing. And we're upfront about it. Uh, I don't know if Al has something to say, wants to say something about that, but that's uh, been pretty good for us having Visla, you know, pointing in our direction, basically. Yeah. Alan, well, what, what, what do you have to say to that? You're the markets guy. Yeah, just a little to add to that. Like I figured in my mind's eye, we'd probably be looking at raising about 2 million bucks, you know, which I think would make us pretty comfortable for the new year with our projects. And we have had a lot of interest indicated by others already. So I'm not concerned about that. But the thing we're the most always the most concerned about is, you know, our currency is our share price. You know, so we're really careful about that. And those in dilution, those are the big things that we try to you know, not fall into big traps on on a regular basis. So we have results coming, we expect, towards the end of November. We're pretty optimistic we're going to get good results. But, of course, the lab will determine whether we're right or whether we're wrong. But if we do, with a company with 33 million shares out and only about 7 million true float, considering the small float, it actually trades fairly well. So I think upon success from the lab, we'd have some pretty good torque. And we always try to take advantage of, you know, good torque in the market and good currency price or share price before we do our financings. So for that reason, we're pretty comfortable waiting until the end of the year and making our final decisions. I think the number's pretty accurate, around $2 million, but, you know, exactly how we do that and who we get it from is yet to be determined. And there, are, there is a lot of interest, and we have other irons in the fire. We'll just have to see how it evolves. But I think a lot of it depends on our results at the end of November. For, for, for sure. And, well, I, I guess to a degree, what the silver price actually does. Um, I mean, again, you've, you've been around the block, Alan, you, you've got a view on what's happening out there in the market with precious metals or specifically silver. Uh, yes, like I'm pretty bullish on both gold and silver. You know, I, I think those both those prices have been fairly suppressed for the last several years when you consider the fiat currencies and the mess and the debacle that's been created and the trillions and trillions of dollars in debt that's out there. I see uh, the precious metals having a pretty good run. I think we're at the early stages of a turnaround after, you know, being in the dollars for a very long period of time. However, I might say as an explorer and, you know, without any emphasis on developing, that price is important and interesting from the macro perspective, but it doesn't really affect us in exploration because even with the greatest discoveries that we could imagine, 
you know, developments a long ways away, and those prices would be a little more critical then. Right. Okay. And and I guess they kind of in terms of jurisdictional risk and and, and place, you know, South America's had a, a bit of tumultuous year. Um, certainly, when it comes to environmental licenses being put out, even even the Mexican government talking about nationalization of lithium. Um, I, I know every state is different. Every state of pro province is different depending where, where where you're mining in the world. You've been there a while, Craig. Um, I guess none of this holds any fear for you. Uh, not really. I mean, a lot of the things that are going on are site-specific uh, for permitting and things, that, uh, particularly for the Panuco district where uh, where Palos Verdes is. It's a underground mining scenario. So uh, most of the problems with permitting are site-specific and have been for open pit mines. And you know that may affect uh, Los Pavitos, but really, the Sonora region is is the most active for uh, mining in Mexico, it's particularly for open pit gold mining. And uh, I don't foresee any problems with that uh, in the near future. Or actually, with the uh, change in the government coming up, we may see some changes in those in those things also. Okay. Well, look, gentlemen, I'm going to wrap it up there. That's a nice introduction to this story. I'm sort of intrigued with how you get on. And obviously, more important about the decision-making re- um, yeah, capital raising at the end of this year based on the data that you, you get back from the assay. So appreciate your time today. Uh, stay in touch, please.